Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast today in the Dope Conversations podcast room with a uh, little Elon behind us. Uh, I've got Dave Carroll from Dope Marketing. We are talking about how to make it easier for your team to order yard signs and um, door hangers and other print materials on the fly. Because yep. I know that you've, yep. you're working on some things for um, particularly franchises and yep. larger companies as they're coming into roofing. I want to talk a little bit about that as well. For sure. How these systems scale out with larger companies, especially as these roofing roll-ups, mergers and acquisitions are going on. So yep. we're going to talk through that. And if you're a marketing manager in this space, in the roofing space, how to manage those things? Because I'm sure you've seen some mistakes. Yeah, I mean, that's a hard job. And whether, I have too. So I yeah, whether to, like yeah. you're an owner that's like managing your marketing department, uh, you have a growing marketing department, maybe it's just you, maybe yeah. you have some help, maybe you have some agency, maybe you have a marketing manager. It's a hard job. It's We're going to talk job. about making it easier because I know that you want to equip your team when they're out, when they don't have a yard sign, when they don't have door hangers, when they don't have the print materials that they need, uh, you are losing opportunities. And I think that that's something that you guys can help with. I saw some of your your systems on the back end that help companies that are larger do this at scale. I'm really excited for you guys with these new innovations. Can you give a couple minutes just on your background as it relates to dope and I guess where you guys are coming from, where you're going? Yeah. So um, dope will be three years old this month actually. Um, this company has grown really fast, but my background, I started in the home service space. I still own a power washing, gutter cleaning, and Christmas light business here in the Twin Cities that I'm very removed from. But it's where I kind of like cut my teeth or started to understand like the pains of running a service business. Because as different as services are, whether it's roofing or HVAC, plumbing, electric, power washing, Christmas lights, the relativity is that like the majority of us work with a lot of homeowners and the pains of a homeowner or the problems that you're solving, that where it gets really relative and really standardized. And so like when I started Dope, let's even rewind a little bit more. I got into the data space of like buying and selling lists of like homeowners with value of their home, square footage, credit score, number of children, length of residence, year the house was built. Like that really granular targeting when back about eight, nine years ago, Facebook was taking that stuff away. They had a lot of it available, Data Privacy Acts, GTP Act, whatever thing that came out. And that data got very segmented. And what I figured out pretty quickly is like, you could get a direct mail list of all of those filters, add cell phones and emails to it, upload it into Facebook, and now show more targeted ads on Facebook. That was kind of my background mm -hmm. and working with agencies, Fortune 500 companies, like doing stuff like that, specifically in the data targeting. And what I saw Tim was like, Direct mail was just really hard. Mm -hmm. Like from getting a designer, jumping through hoops for a couple of weeks on Fiverr or your niece's friend who did something in new design or maybe you have a marketing person that was a designer previously or went to school for it. Design would take a week or two. Then you gotta find your list or clean up your current customer list. Then you gotta set up all your targeting and tracking. Then you gotta deal with the print shop. Then you gotta deal with the post office. It's like direct mail campaign can take four, six, eight weeks. I had a vision that that could be a much more simple process. Now, usually, like most good things, where I started my idea and where it is now, we're very different things. I joke like when we were back in the print shop, like, dude, if you would have told me three years ago that I don't a print shop in a 20,000 square foot facility, like 
I probably would have told you you were crazy. Mm -hmm. well, we, we just did the tour of it. Like, yeah. We do all the manufacturing here. And where I was so willing to invest or grow the print side of the business, like when I built Dope, we were gonna send all the work to Tim the printer. Like mm -hmm. if we were a software company. Mm -hmm. But when I saw that like that industry, similar to home service or other local businesses, it's ran by a lot of like baby boomers, you know, like 50s, mm -hmm. 60s, 70s. There's not a lot of new blood coming into the market. You know, technicians are hard to find. Think about how hard it could be at times to find like your laborers, your crews, your technicians, like that mm -hmm. type of stuff. It's a little more sexy now to go run Facebook ads for a living or do mm -hmm. Instacart than it is to go get into the trades. And so the problem we were having is that the print companies didn't understand the technology we built, the way we were sending them jobs, the way we were doing things. And so where I was willing to make the investment, I think I was sharing with you, like we invested a couple million bucks in that print shop back there. Yeah. I always had the vision that even if it took a while for the software company to scale, which thankfully like we've been growing pretty quickly, every business needs something printed. And I think there's an approach or a way to get into that. There's a little bit more like on demand, lower minimums, strategic. That's not just like, go to your local printer and get taxed and pay too much or go to Got Print or Vista Print and go through that kind of like clunky online, upload your own design, can't talk to a human. I saw a middle ground of that for what businesses needed. So like half our customers at Dope are using our direct mail software, setting up automations and all that. The other half of our customers that eventually get on our software, they just come so in by print, yeah. yard signs, door they, hangers, business they cards. they deliver like, themselves or you guys deliver like use the list and deliver it for them. We do everything, all, like, so yeah. I'll back up. We have options. You yeah. can come on our platform, Tim. Let's say you just, print have, stuff. you just have your, your customer list or you wanna mm -hmm. order print or whatever. You can upload your list and send mail without yeah. talking to anyone. You can come onto our store order print without talking to anyone. What we do is a design consultation at Dope or a strategy session. We basically go through like, Tim, looks like you've had your HVAC business for you know two years. Mm -hmm what are you ordering at what time of year? And we create what we call a business bundle. So we look at like your website, mm -hmm. we get inspiration for that. We lay out all the designs for the items that you're using during the year and we put those into packages so you can like bundle different ah, things together, nice. save some money on shipping, yeah. get the designs aligned for the time of year. Like my, my cleaning company, it's yeah. gutter cleaning and Christmas light season yeah. right now. Our spring branding at Lion Share Maintenance, my company, yeah. is a little bit different in the spring than it is in the fall. So like quarterly, we're doing a design refresh for our signs, for the stuff we're handing our customers at they the doors. They look really good, by the way, the lion's share signs. Thank we're, you. We were talking about this in the tour, but yeah. they got the die cut and they, you've been placing signs strategically in high income areas and, and at intersections and things like that. And I think that's like, pretty baller move, like scrappy. Join the future of roofing at offers.roofle.com. Stand out, save time, earn more. So I'll, I'll share a little you strategy. You stay scrappy. Dude, like if, you know, you got to go to your background. Like, what do you know? And what I know is like, it's it's our first core value of dope. I know how to get shit done. Yeah. Like, that's it. I know that's how to- That's a core value? Yeah, get that's shit a, done. That's a core value at Hook Agency. That's why we're aligned, bro. My man. Get I, shit done. Like, that's probably not the most, like most people don't have get shit done as a core I value. I needed a swear word in one of yeah, our yeah, core yeah, values. Yeah. Like, had to. I feel like, yeah, I think that's the only swear word we get. Me too. Scrappy, I, I, extreme ownership and get shit done. That scrappiness, yeah. that get shit done strategy, for me it's like, I'm an entrepreneur, yeah. a real one. I've had two jobs in my life. Like mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know any, I grew up around entrepreneurs, my parents were both business owners, like it's all I was ever really exposed to. And so the whole idea of like, 
I have time during the day. You guys might have heard me talk in any of my content before on like 1440. It's the most important number in the world because mm -hmm. it's how many minutes you have during the day. You got to do a couple things. You got to wake up, you got to eat, you got to go to the bathroom, you got to sleep. You got, you know, like there's mm -hmm. things that are going to occupy your minutes. But when you look as a business owner, especially when you're just starting out, you probably have more time than you have work. And mm -hmm. for me, it was always like, I started whatever business to solve a problem. So if I have more time than I have work, how can I spend those minutes getting in front of people to tell them about the problem that I solved? Mm -hmm. So you're bringing up the yard signs. One thing that I've done since I was passing out yard signs 10 years ago for my cleaning company, we really look at two targeted areas. I love, um, like you were saying, you saw one of our cleaning company signs coming out of your kid's daycare. Mm -hmm. High-end areas, high-end zip codes where we know that the people that we're marketing to, it's another touch or another impression. Mm -hmm. Coming out of the high-end grocery stores, coming out of Home Depot, coming out of the high-end daycares and that, stuff dude, like so that smart. at the stop signs. Any place that I can find a line of people and I like stop signs more than stop lights because yeah. you have to sit there. Yeah. But the idea is we have certain freeway exits like out in like North Oaks or Bear yeah. Path or out in Minnetonka where we know it takes two lights to get through that light. Yeah. And we'll put a sign at the beginning of the light and then we'll put a sign like 20 feet wow. back so they yeah. see it twice. Yeah. And we have these on weekly rotations where we're putting the signs out in the same places around town. So one of the things I see with uh, companies, we're talking about mergers and acquisitions. Roofing companies are rolling up. HVAC companies already rolled up. Like uh, yep. like when I'm looking over at the HVAC space yep. now, I'm a little little closer. All I'm seeing is the future of roofing. Like it, I don't I don't necessarily believe that it's going to be the Adam Sand thing where they're they're gone. It's just going to be less smaller businesses. I do think that there's the roll ups will increase them the larger companies and then there will be less smaller companies. But in HVAC, there's still quite a few like one to $10 million um, HVAC companies. But really where I'm going with this is if you don't have consistency on things like your door hangers, your yard signs, um, your direct mail, we talk about maybe even sending out direct mail before you go door knock, all these different things yep. that you can do. If you don't have consistency on them, if there's, you're going to get less consistent results. So it's talking about yep. how can we make it more consistent even as your company grows. And some of you guys are going to grow. It's going to be excellent. It's going to be powerful. But don't skimp on the things that got you there. Stay consistent with the powerful, um, you know, just consistency with brand. And my favorite, just real quick synopsis of rolling up. I really love the way Raymond Little was talking about this um, down in Atlanta. He yeah. he's been friends with his competitors, two or three. I keep on sharing his his idea on this because I think it's incredible. Yeah, he talks about he got his friends on the same CRM. He got his friends on the same model as far as paying salespeople. He got his friends on um, a couple of. I'm trying to remember what else CRM, sales um, training training. Um, a few other things where you, you get it. Oh, that's what it is. Suppliers. Yeah. So suppliers, yep. CRM and, um, your commission model. And it, if you, ha he's got two or three friends. And when I was there shadowing him, he was making the call telling his friend, Hey, by the way, $14 million Monday. 
like where you're getting the offer. And to me, life-changing, incredible life-changing money to his, his other roofing companies that a lot of you guys are looking as competitors in your space. Yep. Instead of looking at how can I set us up so when this roll up comes through, we all win. Because if it does come through, how could you get those three things aligned and how could you be friendly enough that they hear that call and they don't think like, you know, oh fuck. Shark in the water, yeah, someone's coming after my livelihood. They're like, thinking like, I believe it. If Raymond says it, I believe it and I'm excited because he cares about these other companies. And um, as you do that, how can you create systems around these print materials? Because I think like, if you're doing this, if you do this, like sometimes the, the problem is inconsistency is like, hey, we're doing it over here in this branch. We're doing our yard signs every single time and in this branch we're not. So yep. what do you guys got coming down the chute as far as those enterprise type or franchise solutions? So we have about 10 customers right now that we've been rolling this out for whenever you're watching this happen in Q4 2023. We are setting up dedicated custom print storefronts. And again, a lot of adjectives there. A custom print storefront allows Tim's roofing or Tim's HVAC or Tim's Christmas lights or whatever to have a one-stop shop for all of their printing needs. So you, your managers, your reps, we can create unique logins, coupon codes. Maybe you're paying for all the stuff. Maybe you're paying for half the stuff. We can get really dynamic, but allows you to go on your phone. Your designs are already done. Maybe on your business cards, you gotta fill out the form for the information going on or whatever, but a one-stop shop for yard signs, business cards, door hangers, flyers, carbon copies. I go to some of our bigger clients that have, you know, 20, 50, 100 national locations. We have on like their carbon copies for their different locations, yeah. their license number, the state information on the fine print. All of those designs are done in the back end. So when Tim, the rep, goes on and orders mm -hmm. his carbon copies, it's a signing with that location, with that order. You don't have to talk to a designer. You don't have to talk to a human in between and just makes it super simple. When you're a franchise or a branch, are they often the ones paying for it? It really falls into their business model. One thing that we've seen that's great for like people that have franchises, we have a kickback or a rebate setup program. So we for can- the, For the um, corporate structure. For the corporate yeah, structure. That's smart. that's smart. It's just another way to yeah. help your franchisees to monetize that situation. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that game. And you guys have like bulk pricing. They're getting a better deal, right? Because it's on like- Dude, I'm Pablo. Commitment. Yeah. I'm the manufacturer. Yeah. You can't get it cheaper than from me. I'm the source. Yeah. So when you think about like, any company, and you might have items that we don't have, we don't do in-house, but we have the relationship, like certain apparel stuff or swag things. We can still order on a company's behalf with our bulk discounts and mm -hmm. our rates and still have items on the store. So it really doesn't matter what you want on your store. You could have like, we have clients where we do like their wall clings or yeah. their desk mats or their mouse pads or their sales starter kit or their new employee onboarding kit. like. It's a blank canvas with those stores, but it allows us with some of these bigger corporations, mm -hmm. franchise setups, multi-location entities to solve a problem and create consistency where usually the print orders are like some random slew of one of the big online shops looking up an old invoice, trying to find it, jump through the hoops with design. And then your stuff doesn't look the same in different areas. It's off, it's bad, it's somewhere else. Yeah. and. We keep the consistency, we control the pricing, we can do guaranteed turnover time on certain products. We really provide a lot of value when it comes to multi-unit location or franchise setups on those print storefronts. Awesome.
Well, talk to me about the future of the roofing industry. What's your philosophy on um, what do you what do you think is going to happen here with these roll ups? Um, you know, you, you know, I just kind of mentioned the Adam Sand thing because Adam Sand always talks about the um, the companies kind of combining and maybe there's less little guys. What, where where are you at on that? I'm, yeah, sure, you, I'm so, sure you've thought about it a lot because obviously it affects your business if it turns into like just. 20 corporations or yeah, I mean, so I think it goes into the bigger picture of not even just roofing, but like home service. Yeah, the landscape is changing. I believe there will always be the small business that's not getting rolled up, acquired by PE, doing whatever. Like a homeowner is going to pay someone to do something they don't want to. Always yeah. is that cleaning, maintenance, repairs, updates, all the way to a new roof, a new HVAC system, a new whatever. One of the things that we can always say tried and true is like history repeats itself. And when you look at specifically the HVAC space where there is a lot of private equity, there's a lot of roll-ups going on, the HVAC space, in my opinion, isn't as scrappy as the roofing space. There's a little bit more value in these businesses, the EBITDA, the things people are exiting off of, the multipliers. When you look at an HVAC business, there's maintenance, there's repairs, there's installs. It's like the equivalent to me, and you know, hold me as accountable as you want to for this, anyone listening, but your HVAC company, there's no like storm insurance work in that space mm -hmm. where you have this kind of like these sales organizations that we've, yeah. we've seen them. We've seen great ones. We've seen ones that like get really big, scale too fast and have to go all the way to like file bankruptcy or they dissipate. Yeah. We've seen ones that get to a certain spot and roll into another company strategically. However, I will just, uh, just one little sub point there. I had just had Ken Goodrich of Gettle on my podcast yeah. and he talked about, um, you should, be door knocking if you're an HVAC company. I know this, yeah. I don't want to confuse door knocking with, yeah, with insurance no, I work though. I understand they're two different, but yes. I believe that that an HVAC model makes a little more sense to an investor. Cause yeah. what happens in a, like, like Colorado didn't get any storms for like five years. This year they have a storm every other day, it feels like. So now these Colorado roofing companies are big, they're beefy, they're looking good. But if a PE firm looked at the numbers from a roofing company in Colorado that was very storm heavy for two years leading up into that kind of dead zone for a while, it's just a very different setup. When someone yeah. as smart as Ken Goodrich looks at an HVAC company and says, you should still be door knocking. Guys, I think every company should be door knocking. I think that a power washing, a window cleaning, a lawn care. Shit, I door knock. Amen. I, I go into HVAC companies and roofing companies in the area. You should, and, and, and door knocking is developing relationships. If you're not using a canvassing software like a, a lead scout, a sales rabbit, or something like that, it's data, it's data enablement, it's sales enablement like when you get those? into talk door knocking. To talk, I don't know a lot yeah, about it, those. So it yeah. kind of plays into, I'll go into that in a second because it plays into what we're talking about. Contractors love the catch-all because it makes every single one of their roof builds easier and more profitable. Protective netting wraps facade and landscaping to prevent from left behind nails and damage. Homeowner referrals bring you more jobs and insurance supplements bring you more profits. But my favorite part, the branding. I think the landscape of home service is in acquisitions. If you have a solid brand, there are private equity, uh, all different types of funds of people. Like my boy, Tommy's got a fund. He's looking at snapping up companies. Like there's all different types of acquisitions happening where what I see in home service is if you have a solid business model, these PE firms are becoming their own version of Angie's List, where they want to be able to have a market-dominated brand that offers full service. They will do your 
plumbing, they'll do your electric, they'll do your roofing, they'll do your solar. And I know a lot of business owners listening to this are probably cringe and be like, Dave, fuck you, that's not gonna happen. But the thing is, you don't need to be with it. And it doesn't even need to affect your business, but you need to understand what's happening in these industries so that you can position your business for it. Whether that means you're doing smaller acquisitions. Like our guy Ray Little is looking at like acquiring other brands in other markets. Maybe they're gonna add other services as a foot into the door to some of the other things that they offer or they provide. It's like in business, you can always diversify. If a lead in, and I don't wanna say loss leader, we're not in retail. We're talking about a service like, I'll give you an example. Every fucking roofer should be offering gutter cleaning because instead of paying 100, 150, 200 bucks for a lead, you could be getting paid to send a gutter cleaning division to get up and do the lead, make a margin, and now you're on the roof snapping off with a company cam or something like that and getting the information on an estimate. I'll never understand why every roofing company doesn't do gutter cleaning and doesn't do Christmas lights, especially if you're in a colder market leading up to some of that stuff because mm. you're just buying estimates on good jobs. So, you know, there's these age old statistics around like, if Tim gives Dave a dollar, Tim's 10 times more likely to give Dave another dollar than someone who hasn't given Dave a dollar. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that transaction that could happen with something as simple as gutter cleaning, I believe that the roofing space will always be five, seven, 10 years behind where an industry like HVAC is, just in what's going on with the mm -hmm. players looking yeah. at the things. We saw through- That's one reason I'm so excited to be looking at HVAC, even for our roofing Amen. company clients. Like I'm, I'm saying, I'm bringing everything back. And I do think they have some stuff that that is, like you said, five to seven years. I think it's exactly what it's going to look like later this decade is what HVAC looks like now. Or not exactly, but a lot of the things are going to mirror just what happened there. And even if you're not going to be a part of the acquisition, just pay attention to it. Yeah. Just be aware of what's going on. Because what's truly important is like, there's these statistics around like here in the Twin Cities. Who's the biggest real estate agent in the Twin Cities? Chris Lindahl. By a, by a long shot, right? Yeah. If Chris stopped selling houses tomorrow, and this goes for every single real estate, like every, think of the person in your area who the biggest number one agent is. If they stopped selling houses, every other agent in the Twin Cities that look at Chris as the biggest would not sell 1% more houses that year if he stopped. Why do you say that? Because it's not about like, it's not about this big dominant thing taking over that's gonna change everything. There's a volume approach to any type of business. So when these mergers and acquisitions are happening, guys, the same people buying these HVAC companies are the ones buying the roofing companies. It's yeah. all relative. They're rolling them into a bigger picture. Chris grew by advertising a ton and by training and hiring all the agents. He didn't have to go hire, acquire and, all the brands. Yeah. He just took all their, their agents. And they, like, ultimately, you're pushing- By making it appealing to work Pushing the idea. So. Like, like for instance, in his case, he's really getting it out. Like if you didn't think about selling, you might be thinking about selling after you took your drive to work today because Chris is out there with his arms, billboards, radio, the whole you thing, you get a guaranteed offer. But this is where so it goes. He's pushing the idea of selling your home even more than he's almost pushing himself. This oh, is, he is yeah, he pushes himself. It's crazy. If you're not in Minnesota, this guy just has like every other 400 grand a month and like people dress up like them for Halloween and all that stuff. So you were asking about these apps like the company cam sales rabbit, you know, any of those guys, yeah. it really goes into what I believe like the strategy for any business should say. So you're hearing on the news right now, we're recording right now in like October of 2023. There's this like silent recession. I think you said, did you say what, what were the two companies? Uh, the ones that I like the most are Lead Scout and Sales Rabbit. Okay. Um, different use cases, different sure. purposes. 
I'm really this this company uh, Lead Scout has got my attention right now. I yeah. really like what they're doing. It's it's so simple. Um, the idea is like, as we look at down economies, recessions, you know, whatever. What we saw in the home service space during the last recession, during the pandemic, COVID, all that stuff, was that home service stays tried and true. Like people still, the big nine out of 10 Americans, the biggest investment they'll ever make in their life, the biggest financial transaction is in their house. The second, third, and fourth biggest financial investment or transaction an American will make is not braces, vacation, or buying a car. It's maintenance improvement or upkeep to that property. Redoing the bathroom, doing the backyard, putting in a pool, doing some shit like that. We can talk about a financial exchange. And so when you look at like homeowners and why these PE firms are like really looking at, you know, this roll up, this acquisition, it's like, it's just tried and true. They're just investors. They're just looking at what works. These mm -hmm. solid businesses, these structures. So when you look at these tools like a sales rabbit or a lead scout, and you go back to Ken Goodrich saying like, everyone should be knocking doors. The idea is like, no matter what industry you're in, the neighbors of your jobs are 10 times more likely to hire you than some other random person on the other side of town because mm -hmm. they live the same lifestyle, they make the same money, but their house was built of the same materials around the same year. Like they're having the same issues when they're upkeeping that property in that neighborhood. And so when you think about these sales enablement tools, these canvassing tools, you think canvassing, you think door knocking. But like Ken said, everyone should be door knocking. But documenting the door knocking to just have notes on these properties so you're enabling your sales or your mm. marketing team to have more meaningful conversations around like, I'm at Tim's house. I'm doing an estimate on cleaning his siding or putting a new roof on or hanging his gut, whatever. But I look next door and if I have a tool where my techs have a training where they have mm. a tool, they go knock on the door just like, hey, just wanna let you know I'm not selling anything. We're next door working at Tim's house. I just wanna leave my card and a flyer if you need anything. You just, just mark like, that house. Now you just mark that and you take and the notes like- this, So that's lead scale? Lead Scout does that and Sales Rabbit does yeah. that. And there's and some other ones out is there. Is there anything else to those function of those tools? Because I don't know those tools. So here's well. where yeah. I think they get really powerful. Whatever, I'm like, I'm not endorsing anyone here yeah, right now, yeah, but yeah. where I think they get very powerful, where I look at them on my lenses as a CEO in my seat of a, a marketing of a sales enablement company is like the back and forth talk to a CRM. Yeah. So if I have an app on my phone, and I can go and, and I'm at Tim's house, but I can go next door to Mary's house and I can put in some notes like, her siding's dirty. She's got black streaks on her roof. Yeah. These houses are all 20 years old and they're over 4,000 square feet or whatever. Mm -hmm. She's got a white dog. She had two kids playing in the front yard with the nanny. They drive a minivan. They got an Escalade. Like whatever those yeah. notes are, think about what you could do with that back and forth data from your CRM. There is a door knocking aspect where I believe also in door knocking both residentially or commercially. But when you go to like the training, I go to my buddy Tommy Mello's company at A1. What makes A1 A1 is their training, their mm -hmm. onboarding, how yep. they treat their technicians, the morale in their company. So if you had a system set up in your business where your technicians, like maybe they do a good job of like putting a sign in the, maybe they put a sign in the yard of like the house they just did a bid. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're hanging five door hangers. But think about how you could better help your customers where it's like you can take and put notes in about like, what's going on at that house? What are some identifiers? How do you identify mm -hmm. an opportunity at that home through the notes? So your sales team, your follow-up team, your door knocking team, like whatever. If you just went and did an estimate at a house and now you have the services you can do and you have notes on the nearest five houses and you go back to do that job, shouldn't it be the job of one of your technicians to go back, check in and just be like, hey, 
just checking in. We were out at Mary's house last week. We're gonna start the work now this week. I put together a quick estimate for you because my technicians just gotta count on mm. like your windows or your roof or your measurement, whatever it is that mm. you offer, call it an unsolicited proposal. Like Ooh, yeah. I'm identifying a problem you might have. I'm just giving you my pricing, but now I have something to follow up on. Mm. Hey Tim, would you mind if I gave you just a rundown of the, our services and the pricing? So if you ever need them, no pressure, no pushing, I'm not gonna yeah. blow you up on the follow-up. But Tim, if I knocked on your door, would it be all right for me to just give you a rundown mm -hmm. on how we could like help service your home? Your biggest investment? This is, I mean, I don't know how it applies to home service businesses, but for my business, that's why I, it's kind of an old Cardone uh, principle, but I don't like to do percentage of closed proposals because I don't want us to be scared of putting out a proposal. Amen. Like we just need to put out more proposals. Always. That's okay. I want to ask one final question because we are wrapping up this, this particular conversation, but I, I want to ask about, are you going to go to the Dimitri uh, Lee hate? This is my pop, my roofing pop culture question at the end. Are you going to go to that fight in January? Me and my wife were talking about it. I think, oh, yeah. I think we're going to go. If the dates work. Like, yeah. if I don't have anything or, on the calendar. Yeah. Um, Look at it. it. We're just, you know, we're going to probably hang out, you know, the night before. We're going to hang out with uh, Raymond and stuff like that. I don't, you know. You guys are getting like a whole group of people to go. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. If the dates work, we're it's down. Be fun. Yeah. Are we getting? A, are we getting a PJ? Can we all throw down and get a PJ to go? What's a PJ? Private jet. Oh fuck! <laughs> I like that you call that a PJ. Joe. I will. You. <laughs> I probably can't afford that shit. It's not true. Bro, okay, well. I know what you make. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll think about that. I love it, bro. And I. Uh, I. Ray, you heard him, right? Ray Little, you heard him. PJ to the Dimitri. <laughs> well, fight? he said he said he's gonna pick us up a Lamborghini Urus. So he'll drive us to the private airport <laughs> in the in the Urus. <laughs> Y'all crazy! I love it. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Hook Better Leads podcast. Uh, if you have not got with dope marketing for your print material needs, please do that. Please look at a company that understands this space, that has a home service business, that understands print and can help you do it on demand. Um, we're incredibly grateful for our partnership. I'm also grateful that you you don't hate Lead Scout because um, love those uh, guys because we have a proposal with them with GAF. I love uh, those energy. Guys. Yeah, and I'm pretty excited about it. So I hope that we get to work with them on that. And, Absolutely. Um, thank you for watching. Please like, subscribe, comment. These little things that you do on these videos, if you like the video, really makes a big difference in the algorithm. It gets people to see this more. It makes other people watch this. So if you found it valuable please do that and we'll see you on the next episode.